Good. Well, thank you for such a great song choice this morning in our worship, Paul, and thanks for leading us to the team so well. It's really great to, to sing those things out from our hearts and really make them a declaration of our lives uh, today. That's great. Good. Well, on the second Sunday of the month of January, traditionally over some, for some years now, uh, we've been doing something we call the Google Sermon. Um, and the Google Sermon is built around the statistics that have been collected by Google over the course of the previous year, so 2022. And what Google do is they put together a short two-minute video um, clip, film, whatever you want to call it, that, that highlights some of the things that have been searched for and the emphasis of those searches through the course of the year. So it's like gathering the statistics together and then saying to everybody, and these are the main things that people were looking for, searching for. These have been, if you like, the themes throughout that particular year. And then we go on and ask ourselves the question, so what does that mean to you and to me? What does it say to us in terms of our collective humanity? Uh, what does it say to us in terms of our uh, life before God? What does it say to us in terms of our response uh, towards him? So we're going to play the clip. It lasts for about two minutes. We'll listen to that and then we'll come back and we'll do some reflections on it. So this is the year in search, Google 2022. Let's have a look. Even though it's a risk and I don't know what's on the other side, I'm gonna make a bet on myself. I guess I'm kind of looking at this as a sort of rebirth opportunity. I just quit my job and flew to Scotland with no money or plans or friends. This is day one of me exercising every day. I've really gone and done it now. So I'm on a farm. Turned in my two-week notice. I just took the leap. Yeah, I'm really liking how my hair's been going. I feel like we're on the verge of a renaissance. They say to do what you love, and I love to dance. Oh my God, I'm proud of you. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. Have you any fun yet? Carnival is back. Rio is back. This is dedicated to the disabled community. This is our moment. I wanted other women and other people of color to know it is possible. was me in the media. She's black. Change has become a constant. The way we embrace it defines our future. I've never seen this kind of courage. They're fighting with all they have. The word freedom right now means a lot for us. This could be the beginning of a new era. You know, I, I call it evolution. This is what believing looks like. And don't you ever, ever give up on you. Year in Search 2022. When I listened to that, and I've listened through it uh, several times, um, there are sort of main things that seem to come out of it. Um, it seems to be dominated by these two 
phrases, if you like, can I and how to. Here are some of the can I's. I think we can see them on the screen um, now. Can I change? Can I change myself? Can I change my outlook? Can I change my style, career? Can I create change, evolve, level up, be original? Can I go to space? Well, the answer is if you've got £125,000 nowadays, yes, you can go to space just for a mere little ticket price of about 125000 You can have a little blast off to space and either Jeff will take you there or Richard will take you there, but uh, one of those guys will take you up to space nowadays, apparently for a small fee. So, can I was one of the things that seemed to come through. And I think that question is driven by our own need to grow. I don't know if you are the, this sort of person, but I think in my own life I, I can find myself being a, a can I sort of question. Um, often I come to the conclusion, no, I can't. But <laughs> sometimes I do say, yeah, can I do this or can I do that? And sometimes you try it and you realize, no, you can't do that at all. Leave it to somebody who can. Um, I guess there are many sort of can I people in the room. Are you a can I person? Yeah, there's quite a lot of can I people in the room um, this, this morning. Uh, I think there's a sense in which, you know, we're always growing, we're always progressing, we're always developing, perhaps becoming intrinsically what we feel we should be. Maybe the can I question is, is driven by the fact that we don't feel that we're quite there yet. And because we don't feel we're quite yeah, that, there yet, we, we need to continue to evolve and, and grow and, and develop. Um, the other question or the other sort of statement that seems to come out in the search this year is, is the how-to one. I think we've got another slide that we can take a little look at. You know, how to find my passion, how to be spontaneous, how to be more positive, how to be a better friend, how to start again, how to be fearless. Um, some of those things bemuse me a little bit as if you need to do a Google search on how to be a better friend. Um, you would think that some of these things are, are reasonably straightforward to answer, but, well, maybe not. How to start again. I wonder how many people feel like they want a fresh start. They want to be able to start again and perhaps feel they can't start again because, well, maybe they feel stuck in the situation that they're in. So can I is one part of the equation, how to is the other. It's one thing to ask. It's quite another thing to know how to do it. And so these two things in my own mind sort of start to uh, marry together. But before we go any further with the Google search, I wonder if you were captured by the imagery of the universe there. Let's just put this slide on. Uh, this is quite an amazing, amazing um, picture. Uh, this is a picture of the Carina Nebula. Um, it's the clearest, most high-resolution picture that we've been able to get of this part of the distant part of our galaxy, the Milky Way. Uh, and that's been made possible by an amazing feat of engineering this year uh, when the Webb telescope was blasted off into space. You may uh, recall that, and then it started to on 
fold itself, didn't it? And it's traveling deep into space, and it can send imagery back, which is of a far higher, higher quality than the Hubble telescope was ever able to do. And that's an amazing, amazing picture of what's known as the Carina Nebula. It's deep in space. Um, that particular constellation there is located in the Milky Way galaxy, which of course is the galaxy in which we reside ourselves, you know, little you and little me, because that's quite a big image there that you, you're seeing. Uh, no one's ever visited the nebula, uh, nor has any space probe ever reached the nebula. It's simply too far away. Uh, the Carina Nebula's distance from the Earth is 8,000 uh, 500 light years. So if you're traveling at the speed of light for 8,500 years, you would eventually get to uh, the nebula, um, the Carina Nebula. So it's going to take quite a while uh, to get there. It's located in the constellation of Carina, that group of stars, uh, and it can be seen in the night sky, apparently, without any visual aids, but to see it clearly, you would need uh, binoculars or something greater than binoculars, uh, but, but you wouldn't be seeing it like that through your little binoculars at home. You know, it wouldn't be sort of showing that level of, of uh, clarity. Now, the Carina Nebula size from one side to the other, as you look on the screen there, uh, the, the, the size is it's 460 light years across. So you've got to travel for 460 years at the speed of light to get from one side to the other. So it's pretty big, really, I think, as we can sort of confidently say. Uh, and um, the nebula was one of the first targets for the James Webb Space Telescope to study. And the photos of the nebula were amongst the first to be shown to the public in 2022. And so that's the reason, I think, why they've chosen to show that um, imagery. Uh, just to give you an idea of, of sort of how long um, it, of a journey it, it would be in sort of just sort of uh, means of travel and transport that's available to us. Um, if you were going to walk there, um, let's say four miles an hour, a steady sort of walk, it's going to take you one quadrillion, 425 billion, 60 million, 336,625 years to do it. I mean, you're going to be really ancient by the time you get to that. I mean, you know, we think we're old now. I mean, you're going to be really ancient by the time you've done that. Um, if you were to go in a car, uh, then it would take you uh, 47,502,011,220 years. And if you were going to go on an Airbus, that sounds like a reasonable way, you know, let's go on an Airbus uh, A380, it's travelling at 736 miles an hour, that's going to take you 7,744,893 years. And if you're going to go on Concorde, if Concorde was still flying, it would take you 3... Uh, 3 billion, sorry, 714 million, 625,455. And that's going to take a lot of fuel as well, you know, so you're going to have to have a big fuel tank. Um, the reason that I show you that image is the, the, the older I get, the more intrigued I become about the mystery and the wonder of life. You know, Genesis says, and he also made the stars. Well, apparently he's still making them because these are sort of ex still exploding out there in the universe somewhere. Um, and and, and he, he also made the stars. Stars is, is little Genesis sort of throwaway. And, and when you just look at that and you think, 
And that's in our galaxy, the Milky Way. And we're here this morning. Whichever way you stack life up, faith or no faith, believer or atheist, it seems to be pretty mysterious to me. I mean, it's just completely awe-inspiring. What an amazing thing. So I show that because in some ways it does help to give a sense of perspective. It gives a sense of perspective as to what we don't know. You know, sometimes we feel we know so much, and you look at something like that and you realize we know so little. And also it gives you a sense of, gosh, on the one hand, insignificance, and on the other, extraordinary privilege, extraordinary privilege that you and I have been given life. You've been given life in this amazing, amazing, mysterious universe. Which then bodes the question, so what will you do with the life you've been given? With the gift that is entrusted to you? For the years that you have, how will you fill it with some sense of meaning and purpose and contribution? So then you can understand why people are searching on the internet, can I? Can I make a difference? Can I do this? Because there is an intrinsic search within the human soul that wants us to connect with meaning. And how do we find that meaning? How do we find that sense of purpose. So what is to be learned in this area of can I and how to? Well, I think maybe one of the first things that we say is that change can be difficult. I don't know whether you experience that, but I think change can be difficult. It can be challenging. And it's not always easily sought. So you can understand why people do go in search of it. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do the other? Because we are in this quest to find meaning and purpose, and change can be difficult. Uh, and because it can be difficult, we can also discover that in our lives, we get stuck. And... In getting stuck, we find it difficult to move on and move forward. There are times, perhaps, when we feel we're stuck in a job. Or maybe stuck in a toxic relationship. Or perhaps stuck in an attitude. Sometimes we get stuck in positions or roles or the expectations of other people. And out of fear or whatever, we aren't able to escape that sense of being stuck, of being where we are. And sometimes we get stuck because we don't want to let other people down, or we're afraid of what other people might think of us. 
and being stuck always creates an attitude or emotion because of where we find ourselves. And so when we find ourselves stuck, that's not the only challenge that we face because we discover that other emotions become attached and associated with our stuckness, like maybe envy or jealousy or pride or bitterness. So what do we do when we feel like we're stuck? Here's a few examples of what being stuck might look like in somebody's life. You've been drawn into a conversation and it involves a friend of yours and you've not seen them for ages. In fact, you've been a bit grumpy with them since last time you spoke because they were meant to be going out together, or you were, and they cancelled at the last minute. That, that was fine until you discovered that having cancelled on you, they then went out with someone else, apparently to do something with another friend, or that's what you've discovered. Anyhow, you've not spoken for weeks, and in a conversation, people are speaking badly about that person, which in part you sort of agree with since they let you down, but nevertheless you still really like them deep down, and so you find that you're stuck. You're stuck between remaining true to your convictions or going along with the crowd and the peer pressure and agreeing with the position that they now say about this friend. You're stuck. What do I do? Here's another, perhaps, example. You've just found out that your mother has lent your ever-absent brother a thousand pounds to help with his student fees. You notice an open text on your mum's mobile and you couldn't resist reading it. Now you're hurt because mum always said she'd treat you both the same and have no favourites. But when you asked her for some money to help put a deposit down on your first car, she said no, she couldn't afford it. Now your brother's back and you're getting together for tea and he walks in the room and the first thing you notice are the brand new pair of Nike trainers he's wearing. Hmm, you think, short of money, is he? And now you're really jealous. And he walks across and he gives you a hug. He says he's back home for the week and you've got all this jealousy inside you about your brother and resentment at your mum. You're stuck. What are you going to do about it? Can I get unstuck? What do you do in life when you get stuck? Well, the great news is that Jesus is interested in helping people who are stuck. He helps us to get out of all sorts of sticky, stuck messes, does Jesus. And I think that's a really encouraging thing to know. There's a major piece of news in the UK and America and indeed around the world at the moment, isn't there? That features a very well-known family called the Royal Family. Here's an image of a book that you'll be able to go and buy this week. It's called Spare. I was wondering whether maybe it should have been called Stuck. Or maybe that's what William needs to write next and call it Stuck. Because these people for whatever reason, find themselves in a really stuck situation. It's easy to get stuck. I was encouraged by reading Steve Chalk's response 
to the scenario that's happening around the lives of Harry and Meghan and the royal family currently. He says, as a young boy, Harry watched his mother destroyed by the media. Then in a replay, pick on his wife. His responses are natural fight and flight, like a time bomb that had to explode in the end. So now both he and William need our understanding and support rather than our condemnation. That is what you call the words of the wise. You see, when we're stuck, we need somebody to step in and help us to unpick our stuckness so that we can start to move forward as we ask the can I questions of life. I guess, in many regards, it's been a stuck sort of few years, hasn't it? We got stuck in Brexit. That went on forever. Still. <laughs> Still is. We got stuck in COVID. That went on forever. Still is. <laughs> and now we're stuck in recession. As the economy implodes and the world goes to war, you could feel like, hmm, it does feel like we're a little bit stuck. This is the other conclusion I've come to as I grow older. That psychology should always become before sociology. This is my little sort of conclusion. And the reason I've come to this little conclusion is this. That psychology puts its emphasis upon the development of the individual. Whereas sociology puts its emphasis upon the construction of society. Would it be a better world if we all went to see the psychologist before we read about the sociology? Because if we put the emphasis upon us upon me, upon me changing, growing, evolving, becoming a bigger person. And if everybody did the same thing, then would that result in a better sociology, a better society? Because the truth is, it's so easy to point the finger. But whilst ever you're pointing the finger, as some wise person said, you've got three more fingers pointing back at you. And it's so true. It starts here. It starts in the human heart. That's what the message of the gospel is really all about. A few simple pointers as we reflect on the can I how to question of the Google search this year. Here's the first one. Let's think about repentance. The power of change. You can't have a change of direction without first having a change of mind. That's what repentance is all about. When Jesus comes and preaches the message of repentance from the Greek word metanoia, he's asking the people, are you going to change your mind? Are you going to have a change of direction? And a change of mind always comes before a change of direction in whatever area of life. Getting unstuck involves repentance. 
The second thing that I think is a real helpful thing in the getting unstuck situation at a personal level is the word sorry. It's the power of apology. It can work absolutely wonders because it makes a confession that no, I wasn't right and I'm prepared to say so. Never in our relationships, in our lives, should we underestimate the power of the word repentance and the power of the word sorry. When was the last time you said sorry to someone? Maybe you say, well, I never really need to say sorry. I'm one of those people, you know, who've got it all so, so well together. I mean, it's, it's always somebody else. I, I never really need to say sorry. I shall be running pastoral sessions after the service this morning. If that's you, then you can come and talk to me later. The third word, getting unstuck, is openness. I've called this the power of vulnerability. If you've not discovered the importance and the value of vulnerability in your life, then explore that through this year. Being vulnerable with a person disarms the conversation. It opens up the opportunity for honesty and truth to be spoken in a meaningful and helpful way. The fourth word, curiosity. Curiosity. Instead of being the know-all, start to become the curious one. Instead of giving opinion, start by asking questions. Become curious. You seem angry. I was just wondering, why are you feeling angry? Rather than meeting anger with anger, meet anger with curiosity. You're obviously upset about something. Would you like to talk about it? Let's use questions that open up scenarios rather than closing them down. And empathy, the power of connecting with another person, comes through the importance of proximity. You will never know from a distance what you could truly know by being up close and personal. You can make an assumption, you can pass an opinion, but unless you get to the place where you have empathy, you will never know what's really going on. These slow journeys through these important words of repentance and sorry and openness and curiosity and empathy are words that really help us, I think, to get unstuck when we find ourselves stuck in life. It helps us to move forward. There are keys that open and keys that lock situations. And knowing what those keys are is really part of life's wisdom. Here's a few more that I think are helpful for us to ponder and think about as we consider the can I how to aspect of Google's search this year. There is great value in seeking to build your life on a good foundation. A value hub. 
a platform from which to think and act is really of true worth. The young people today are looking at the parable of Jesus, where he talks about building your life on the rock or building your life upon the sand. Doesn't matter how beautiful it is. Doesn't matter how great it looks. Doesn't matter what people think. If that house, as beautiful as it is, is built on only sand, there's only one direction for that house. Paying attention to the foundation of our lives and what our life is built upon is of absolute critical importance for us all. Let's think about the foundation. Another thing is, don't think of changing others, but rather work on the deeper work of how you can change yourself. The greater the growth in you, the less requirement you will have to see it in others. Not only will your life become more meaningful, but as a person, you will become less judgmental, and as a result, you will grow happier. Always look in before looking out. The next thing is the importance for making space for what really matters. I've got a little illustration here that's going to come on to the screen. And uh, what you are seeing there is uh, our sort of pantry utility space at home. Um, you can see how tidy it is. Um, this was a little exercise just in the early new year. As you can see, the, the shelf space down there, uh, but, but the problem is I can't get everything on the shelf. It's an analogy of life. Because none of us can fit in everything that we want to fit in. And so I run this little exercise of asking the question, how often are those gadgets and things used? Are they used weekly, monthly, yearly? Are they ever used at all? Do you have things in your house that, I don't think we ever use that at all. Well, if you've got stuff that you never use at all, how can it justify having space on the shelf? Surely, one of two things need to happen to it. It needs to be given away to somebody who can make use of it. Or if you think there's a remote possibility that in the future it could be used and therefore discarding it is a step too far. Have you ever had one of those items in your hand and discarding it? It's just a, it's just a step too far. You'd love to be able to get rid of it because you've got that declutter sort of mode. But it's just a step too far. There's one place for that item. It's called the loft. That's where it's going. It's going in the loft, along with those other 52 items that are in the loft currently because you couldn't quite bear to get rid of them and they sit there waiting for that day when they will be used. How much stuff do you have in your life that sits on the shelf, occupies space, takes up priority, energy, emotional strength, that should have either been discarded a long time ago or put into the loft somewhere 
because you rarely, rarely need to bring it out. If we want to get unstuck and to move forward into the can-eyes and how-tos of life, we need to consider the space we're giving to the shelf. Can I become a better person? Is, I think, a fair question to ask. I consider that I cannot become a better person without first becoming a bigger person. To become a better person, I must grow into a bigger person. I don't mean I need to grow into a size 34 or anything like that. I'm not looking to put a stone or two extra on to say I'm a bigger person now. But inside, how do I become a better person? Well, I must increase the capacity of my heart. I must develop my own resilience. I must understand my emotional health and state. I must give attention to my spiritual walk with Christ because he is that foundation that we were speaking about earlier. You can't grow bigger and remain anxious at the same time because your anxiety will restrict your growth. I've learned this through painting. As you know, I paint poorly, but I paint. What I've discovered in my painting is the same that I discovered in my golf. I was useless at that as well. Is that there is so much tension in my body when I go to hit the ball, I will never be a natural golfer until I can get rid of it. What I've observed in painting is that when I'm holding the brush or the palette knife, when my mind reflects back, I can feel the tension in my arm. And I have to let go of it. Allow it to move. Otherwise, I'm stiff and awkward. And I know that I will never improve in that area whilst I ever hold that anxiety in that stiffness in, in my body. And somehow to grow, to become a bigger person, we need to learn how to breathe. To breathe the worries out, the anxiety, to give them over to God to move on. The other thing that I've noticed in this can I, how to sort of scenario is that you can't grow bigger and remain bitter at the same time because your bitterness will serve you only jealousy and envy and both of those things will stunt your growth and creativity. And here's a final thought as we draw to a close. You can't grow bigger and remain stingy at the same time because your tightness will starve you of the oxygen of joy. You'll never find a happy, stingy person. It's an oxymoron. Those two things do not go together. Show me an open-hearted, big person. I will show you a kind, generous, thoughtful individual. There were two quotes that came through in the, um, in the little video that I think are worthy of mention as we draw to uh, a close. The first one, of course, 2022, the year 
when we lost Queen Elizabeth II. Change has become a constant. The way we embrace it defines our future. Sometimes we think that things will stay the same forever, but they don't. We are always in a constant mode of change. Change is the ever constant. And how we embrace that change defines our future and ultimately the person we become. And the final quote is given to the Ukrainian lady who said, the word freedom right now means a lot to us. My gosh. My gosh. The word freedom right now means a lot to us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You are free today because of the completed work of Jesus upon the cross. My question to me and to you is, so what will you do with the freedom? How will you live through 2023 that will become a reflection of beauty and love and grace and creativity and generosity? We close with the words, of St. Paul. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Can I do that? Can you do that? That's the opportunity that Jesus affords to us all. Let's pray. And maybe we stand as we pray this morning and conclude our time together. And as we do, let's just reflect on the words that we've listened to, the video that we've seen. And let's remember that in a world that is fragmented, that is ever-changing, where we are driven by questions like, can I? When we can easily find ourselves adrift in a sea of uncertainty, that we must remain centered on Christ and on Christ alone.
So, Lord Jesus, as we step into this new year, we again reaffirm and recommit ourselves to walking with you, keeping you at the center of our lives and our hearts, following after you, becoming like you, being changed through you. Hear our prayer, Father, as we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. If you joined with us online this morning, then thanks for being with us. And until we meet like this again next time, may grace and peace be with you. And thank you for being with us in the room this morning. God bless you one and all. Let's enjoy some refreshments before we go home.